Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello there and welcome back to the Pod Tim's channel. It is myself, Darren, and today I'm with Andy and Tony as we discuss what's going to be a massive week in Celtic season. This Sunday they go away to Tynecastle and then for a trip to Hibs the following weekend we have the small matter of a home Champions League game against Atletico Madrid to look forward to as well. I know it's been a few weeks since we've been on but we'll just focus on the future. We're back now. Andy, it's been... The international break, I, I don't know about you, but it always see me going forever for me. I know Scotland obviously got their qualification for the Euros uh, secured and Kyogo got on the score sheet for Japan. But uh, aye, it's been, it feels like forever since that Kamarnock game uh, at Celtic 1-3-1. Uh, how are you feeling about this game coming up at the weekend? As I say, it's a pretty big week. It's the space of seven days, we'll have two trips to Edinburgh plus a pretty much make or break Champions League game, I believe. Uh, it's a big couple of games coming up. Um, as you say, within the space of seven days, you've got three massive games, really. Um, trip to Tynecastle, we've seen them a wee times. It can be a difficult place for us to go at times, and they'll make it hard. Um, obviously, they've had a few things sort of moved about with their management. That, whether that's worked or no, I'm, I'm 100% certain on, but as you say, they'll make it tough. Um, they'll make it a a bit of a dog good game um, and try and stop us from playing our football, which you would expect. But we've got to be ready for that, thankfully. As far as I'm aware, I think we're coming out pretty much anybody that was away in our national duties coming back pretty all right across the board. I don't think we've picked up any other major injuries that I've heard about, which is good. Um, you've got guys like Kyogo scoring goals. I know Hitati as well was um, the Japan manager, was, was talking him up um, and saying, talking about how versatile he is. And, the ability that he's got. 
Um, so he's obviously been performing well. Um, the boys are away with Scotland, look Cal McGregor and things. They'll obviously be coming back full of confidence. Um, we haven't achieved what they've achieved. So I clean bill of health is important, but getting into a massive game against Hearts. Um, obviously just wanting to sort of strengthen our position at the top of the table will be, I think, St Mirren and Rangers will play um, before us, obviously, on the Saturday before we go, so we'll we'll know um, exactly how the table will look after that game and after this round of fixtures, after that, after we've been to play Hearts. But, hi, I would say it's, it's it's a game I'm looking forward to, as you say, I think, even though Scotland have, have qualified and it's been good in our national break um, for lunch, which is not something you often get to say um, watching Scotland, but good to, good to get back to the like games and, and get a domestic football back because it does drag in and you feel it's a bit low sort of looking on the calendar and no, and no see any um, home or away ties coming up and as you say we're right back in the thick of it um, so the players that haven't been away I'm sure have been wanting hard at Lennox Town anyway but I, I'm interested um, to see Dan and see how we line up going to Tynecastle but uh, it's a game I'm looking forward to I definitely as you say Tynecastle's always one of the sort of Highlights of the season, as you say, the international break, it was relatively good for Celtic and the players in terms of not getting anybody injured. Obviously, Matt O'Reilly got called up to the senior Denmark squad, which was good. I think that was really well deserved for his start to the season. He's been, I think he's been our best player. I don't think anybody would really dispute that at this point of the season. And as you say, Kyogo is not always... Uh, obviously missed out in the World Cup squad last week, but he's uh, on the score sheet for... Uh, Japan and Hitachi was obviously involved as well there. I know Maeda dropped out of it just bef- just after the Kamala game, uh, so hopefully his whatever injury he's carrying was just a sort of precaution. Uh, and as you say, the Scotland players good for them. Always good to see them at uh, big competitions. That's now two Euros in a row that they'll have qualified for. And I know it was only a friendly, but I thought Greg Taylor really equipped himself well against France on uh, Tuesday night and. That's obviously good. He's obviously doesn't get much game time for Scotland when he likes a Robertson and Tierney uh, and ahead of him usually. So I, I I thought it was relatively good. And I was watching the Celtic TV interview with Brendan Rodgers that they put up on their YouTube this morning. And he, he seemed to be saying that it is really only Leah Labada and uh, Stephen Wells that are sort of longer term at the moment and it was I thought it was quite encouraging. He was saying that uh, Mike Narochke was quite close to being back to fitness. He obviously wasn't included in the European squad, but uh, good to see him back. So obviously we paid quite a lot of money for him and I know Liam Scales has equipped himself very well, but I think in time you're going to want to see more from guys like Lagerbielka and uh, Narochke. So Tony, how, how are you feeling about this trip to Tynecastle? I know it's sort of, it is sort of seen as a, difficult place to go but since Angelo's done his first league game against them we've won nine games in a row against Hearts in all competitions that's League, league Cup Scottish Cup and League so is it sort of do you think it's sort of a bit of a myth now that Celtic struggle when they uh, go to places like Tynecastle? I don't know if it's so much a myth because we've still had some really hard games like if you remember when we won the league there under Ange just at the last end of last season it was a tough game we were pretty woeful I think they went down to 10 men and then we kind of motored on after that. So, no, I think it's still a tough place to go and you need to be on your game. And we've got even less uh, fans this time. I think we've got like 500 fans, which is probably the lowest we've had at any 
game apart from obviously Ibrox where we've had zero but um, no it's I think it'll be a tough game it always is they'll want to make sure we drop points um, I'm assuming Rangers will be slightly rejuvenated because we've got a new manager in for the game against Tibbs so you've got to assume the gap's going to be cut to to four points mind you I've said that quite a lot of times before and we've ended up extending the gap so um, no I think the players will know it's a tough game and They'll definitely not be going there thinking that it's a myth we can struggle. So um, I'm expecting a, a tough game for sure. But if we play our game, then we should we should be able to win. I, I say that every season, regardless of manager or competition. If we play our best, we should beat every team in this league. And the same rules apply against Hearts on Sunday. But um, I agree with what you said. I'm, I'm not really a great fan of international football. I guess it's good for Scotland that they... Uh, they managed to, to qualify and probably a big boost for the likes of Callum McGregor and Greg Taylor and as far as I know, no injuries as well, which is, is all you can hope for. So um, I'm desperate to get back. I know Brendan Rodgers had a kind of intimate do with kind of corporate, corporate Celtic fans last night. Um, uh, one of my mates was at it and he says it was really good. Um, Brendan was obviously talking away about when he left the club, his plans for the future. I think he was talking about staying for a long time. I don't know. Um, if I believe that, but yeah, if he's going to be here for a while, that's good, um, and I'm, I'm all for it, but uh, yeah, it's, it's also a big game next Wednesday as well, where we basically need to beat one of the best teams in Spain, which is going to be very difficult, but due to the, the late goal we conceded against Lazio, it's uh, kind of made the Champions League um, a bit of uh, an impossible task, so... Um, I'd be just glad to have Celtic back and as you say getting injured players back as well it's good to have CCV back and hopefully in the Rockies next and then Abada which is obviously I think Abada's been, at the, been in the news a bit despite being injured but I'm sure we can kind of touch on that briefly at some stage but um, no looking forward to Sunday I know I'm the same and uh, I know we were talking about it in the group chat the other day it's you can't wait for uh, the game to come but I, I don't know, I'm not worried about it. I've, our years, like, you're right, we weren't very good that day that we did uh, seal two in a row last season for Ange, but uh, I, I just think, I don't know, Hearts are a bit... We obviously chucked away a two-goal lead uh, against Hibs in the last game, and I, I think it's only a matter of time before Naismith has sort of uh, found out with there. I think when he came in in the sort of interim charge last season, he didn't do particularly well and I think that Rogers should have too much sort of managerial uh, knowledge and just skill to I don't I, I, I find it tough to see Hearts causing as much bother on a uh, Sunday. Uh, Andy speaking we'll, we'll concentrate on the Hearts game before we look to Atletico. How would you be looking to line up? As I say it's only a few players missing now the injuries have sort of calmed down but uh, would you expect it to be a pretty similar lineup to the one that uh, started against Kamarnock about ten days ago? Uh, you've got to assume so. I think your bigger surprises, if you call them that, would probably come in the back line. Um, obviously, with Carter Vickers coming back, that sort of picked things about a bit. Um, when he came on against Lazio, and then obviously he came in to start the game against Kamarnock. Um, I got, I think, as far as I'm aware, to get game time. Him and the USA's two international games. Obviously, um, Lagerbeekel scored for Sweden, um, which was a surprise to a lot of people in one of their games. Um, and then obviously you've got Nat Phillips, who is, is 
been very, very good. Uh, many times he's, he's played for us. Um, so really, you've got sort of three fit centre half centre. Obviously, you've got Scales who's done everything that was asked him. He played for the two games um, that Ireland had as well. So obviously, there's sort of four fit centre half centre that seem to be doing well. And yeah, you've got Norochi to still come back as well. I don't think he'll be in contention, but I, I think that'll be the area that you're seeing the most change, if any. Um, I think the rest of the team will probably stay pretty similar. I know um, Bernardo got a goal for the Portuguese under-21s as well. Um, so he's obviously been playing. I think he played both of the games when I had a look as well. Um, but you would assume that it's going to be sort of Hitati, McGregor and O'Reilly in the middle. Um, again, maybe wide areas is something that we might see something different if you see Yang starting or Palmer. So I, I think... It'll be similar sort of selection to what we've seen. I think you might maybe one or two, depending on international, or if anybody does maybe had a wee niggle or just a bit fitted when they were coming back. I think that would be the main changes. But I, I'd be I'd be looking to get as close to our strongest eleven as possible. So that would that would include starting Carter Vickers. Um I think based off of what I've seen, um of fit centre half Nat Phillips is probably your fit your best the remaining options. Um I, I would be going, be going as, as, as strong a team as we could. Um, I've actually liked to look at Palma the more I've seen him and the more he's played. Um, I think, I'm sure I had a look as well, and I'm sure he got an assist in one of Honduras' games, so he seems to be getting into a bit of form. And he's one of the players he looks to sort of improve every game he's played. Obviously, he's started just coming off the bench, and then they get a start against Command and get a tremendous goal. Um, he would be somebody I'd be looking to, to get a start and hopefully kick on and um, sort of cement his place in the first team. Um, and then you're looking at Kyle coming back in to start up top and then probably Maida um, to be on the right-hand side. But I, I don't think there'll be too many changes. Um, and I think it's players' opportunities are, are going to come off the bench to make their impact and, and sort of stake their claim to get into the first team. And I think that's... That, that, that's what players have got to look to do and they know they'll get the opportunities under Rodgers and they know if they impress they'll come into the team so aye, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to see um, the appetite of some players and players who are maybe on the fringes a bit and sort of try to work their way in um, like your Bernardos and things like that and see how they can try and force themselves into the team down. I completely agree with you especially I think the Palma and Yang debates one that's sort of been going on I think at this point, to me, Palma looks like he's got a bit more end product. I don't get me wrong, I, I think Yang's looked all right. I know a lot of people sort of criticised uh, like some of his performances, but I think a lot of his games there, it is just maybe that final pass or that final d- decision that he makes that sort of let him down. But he's still a young boy. Like, things with uh, 2021, 20, like, he's still learning, I think. he There's a lot of like, attributes there that yeah, are good to see and... I think the time will come when he uh, gets himself any uh, like contention for a starting place. And as I said, I don't know the extent of Dyson Maida's injury and why he withdrew from the Japan squad. I'm hoping that was just sort of a precaution. Uh, if no, then you, you might even get both of them playing on Sunday, Yang and Palma. As you say, I think uh, Paolo Bernardo's one. He, he's probably one of the new signings that we've seen uh, the least amount of. Uh, but as you say, with that sort of midfield free Hattati or Eileen McGregor, it's sort of tough to get any of them out of their positions at the moment because obviously I know Hattati took some stick for 
uh, a couple of poor performances early in the season, but I thought that Kamarnock game was by far and away his best performance of the season, so it'd be, I, I just kind of see anyway he won't be starting on Sunday. And it, it's a shame because obviously Bernardo, uh, as you say, he's playing consistently for the Portugal under-21s and do you know when he came on against Lazio, I thought he looked quite tidy, but it's just it's just a case of like, McGregor's the captain and playing uh, playing well. Matt O'Reilly, as I say, Zeller's been, been far and away been our best player this season, and Hatati's on his days probably the best player at the club, and uh, that just sort of limits the options to you guys like Bernardo uh, game time off the bench. But like, as it well, just says at, at the same time like. You you still got five subs. He it could be very important to come off the bench. It's this sort of like he looks very confident when he's came on. As I said, that Lazio performance, I did really like the look of him. And the centre half on it, you made good points. I think Nat Phillips has looked okay when he's been there. Lagerbielka, I know, sort of been up and down from what we've seen. But as you say, he had a good international break, scored for Sweden as well. And Liam Scales, who as Rogers is. Uh, labelled him like one of the surprise packages of the season and uh, another one who uh, got rewarded by getting his international call up in games for Ireland so I, I know you, you've went for Phillips I think just for a bit of balance I, I think it probably will be scales that uh, stays there I think but I, we've sort of spoke at length I know a few years like, I, I think scales is a good defender but I think he's very questionable when he's on the ball and I know we don't play out as much from the back as we did under Ange, but I just think at time, like I think he's got the right sort of uh, idea here. But the centre half I fought against Lazio, he was the one that looked to seem to be trying to make it happen and try to bring it out, but that obviously seen a few mistakes happen. But as I say, I think he's an absolutely solid defender, so I think he'll be there for now when the likes of uh, Narochke is back fit and Lagerbielka's got a a few more months to settle in I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up on the bench and that, that's no disrespect to him, I just think Celta will be looking for a return on these guys that have spent uh, a good few million pounds on but I know uh, maybe over there a bit longer terms, I know Vickers was asked about returning to the Premier League and uh, international duty and he says, I thought his answer was fine I know some people wouldn't like him say it, but he says if that came he would uh, it's something that he wouldn't mind, but he also said he was very happy at Celtic, so uh, I, think, I think that was a fair response from him when he uh, gave his response to the journalist, but I don't know if you any sort of major changes to the team you'd like to see on Sunday. Uh, as I say, I think the sort of only debate at present does seem to have been uh, like most recently between Yang and Palma and just whoever you think would uh, partner Cameron Carter-Vickers. Um, I think Scales will stay in with Vickers. I think Rogers is obviously a fan, so I'd assume he's going to stay with him for now. That I, I'm assuming it will change due to, as he says, the money spent. But again, if Scales is the best at the, the other centre-halves, then we should keep him playing. But um, again, I agree with you. I don't think he's, he's playing on the balls uh, very good at times. So, But he'll only get better, so he's a good option to have. Um I think Palma definitely starts in the wing and I think uh, if he were picked up from Rogers' kind of corporate thing last night, made us his man. So I think um, he'll definitely he'll definitely play the other wing where he'll go up front and as you mentioned, he'll go obviously scored when he was on international duty, which was which is good because I know he struggles to get game time for Japan as well. So um, I was happy for him to see him scoring. 
Uh, midfield probably picks itself. Uh, again, it's a shame for guys like Home or um, Bernardo, but you think as the season goes on, they will get more of a chance, but just now, big away game and then big home game against Madrid, I don't see Rodgers making too many changes unless he tries some kind of tactical change against Madrid to kind of stop their, their attack, which obviously is a lot of power and a lot of pace and a lot of good players in it. So, um, but no, I think Hearts will be pretty much the the team you would expect. I don't see any major changes as I say. I'm just glad Vickers is back, and I'm glad um, Hattati seems to be looking like he's about to pick up form, which is what we need. A kind of an informed real Hattati really makes Celtic click. So um, I don't see any major changes. Again, whenever I've seen Home or Bernardo, apart from when Home decided to put it into nine men, I think they've looked tidy enough, but. Um, I wouldn't be starting any of them or making any silly changes about Hearts. You don't want to give Hearts any confidence if they see Hattati's on the bench or, I don't know, McGregor no starting or something crazy like that, then they probably take a bit of confidence for that. So I think that's what you want to avoid. So no major changes against Hearts and, and hopefully we can get them. And I agree with you, Dan. I'm not particularly nervous. There's no reason why we can't go there and get a result. I think um, Naismith is still under... A lot of pressure, and as you say, it's just really, it would be really strange. Stephen Naismith was to get one over Brendan Rodgers, same way I thought it was always going to be weird if Michael Beale was to get one over um, Rodgers as well. I've just never seen him beating Rodgers to a league because he's a rookie. So, um, aye, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's just, just good to be back, and, and hopefully we can get a, a positive result. And if, if Hibs managed to do us a favour, we stretch the lead and hopefully score quite a few goals as well and then it's all to play for getting into that Atletico Madrid game which is going to be going to be interesting because I don't know how many fans are going to be there as well well we may as well cover that because I know we don't hide for things on this podcast it's there's obviously been some speculation and I, I would add that it's speculation at this point I don't think there's been anything sort of confirmed as we record from the club obviously the club got a fine I think I can't mind the amount but uh, regarding the banner against Lazio and during the last few weeks as well they've also released a statement regarding the banner that was at the Walnut game uh, regarding Palestine and I'm, I'm sure everybody that's listening is aware of it and that has sort of led to responses from the ultras groups I think uh, both Green Brigade and North Curve and boys have both sort of released sort of stuff on their social media and it's led to calls to bring Palestine flags to the Atletico Madrid game, which I think was generally well received by the support. I'd say the majority of the support has probably responded well, but again, I, 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 we don't speak for the majority of the support, so I'm not going to put that in sort of bold as well. But obviously there's some people that weren't happy with it, and there's people that are worried that it's going to lead to uh, more fines and potential stadium closures, which I think is a bit exaggerated but as Tony sort of alluded to there's a sort of rumours going about yesterday uh, saying that the people that sit in that sort of North Cove section or a particular part of it were, had had their sort of ticket access revoked to buy tickets for Hearts Away, Hibs Away and Atletico Madrid away as well uh, from what I believe as I say this is all sort of speculation there's nobody anything official from the club Aye, I'll, I'll come back to you Tony since you brought it up it's, it does seem like as much as I've said the majority of the responses I've seen have been positive towards the planned sort of 
display of solidarity. It is sort of causing wee sort of whispers, and I think Celtic would be completely completely shooting themselves in the foot if they did go down that sort of line of no giving these sort of ultra groups access to their seats for this game and Wednesday or any game in particular, and sort of standing in the way of this plan, sort of as I say, show of solidarity. I mean, it's it's a very difficult subject to discuss because as much as you're discussing people not getting to see a game of football, the crux of it is hundreds of thousands of people have been murdered in Palestine. So it's, it's easy for people to say, oh, just focus on the football, but it's, it's quite difficult. I mean, I, I've stopped using Twitter. I can't I can I can argue with any more people on your podcast account or my own account. I've not really used it for the last kind of 10 days or so um, because it's just it's a, a cesspit and it's just, I can't really listen to it. And I think it's, it's, it's just, I, I don't think the Green Brigade should be banned for any reason. I think stadiums are morgue as it is, even with them at times. And I think it'd be even worse. And I see people on Facebook groups saying, oh, well, we made the atmosphere before the Green Brigade and it'll still be there. And I don't, I don't believe it for a minute. I think the atmosphere is dependent on the ultra groups now, the boys and the Green Brigade. And I think if they weren't to be there for a Champions League game, it would be dreadful to listen to, I think, even the last Champions League game. Uh, no harm to Rhiannon uh, Downey, I think you call her, a great singer, but I just don't think that was the the right idea to build an atmosphere before a game. It just didn't work, and I think, for, I know I'm away on a tangent here, but you need to bear with me. For example, you never walk alone. You should always cut the music let the fans finish it. That's the kind of, that's always been a thing. And So I think if they were to ban them for this uh, Atletico Madrid game, it would be unjustified, really. I mean, the club probably cashed in the last time there was a display in support of Palestine, and Rogers Waters was using the um, the displays, concerts and, and stuff like that. And I think that's when the club probably went, oh, this is great, this is probably quite positive in terms of financially and for a reputation, whatever else. So, I th- I, you know what, I don't think the club will ban them. I think the I says I think they'll be looking at social media and looking at the more people are coming out in support in Palestine, Mohammed Salah, Khabib Namagamedov, um, I think Cantor are coming out in support as well. So they're probably looking good. Oh, maybe maybe it'll not be so bad and we'll get some good publicity. So I think that's the way they operate. I think they just I don't think I don't know if their views really much align with the views of the the Celtic support or the kind of founding principles of Celtic. So, uh, but aye, for me, it's as I say, it's a contentious issue. It's a, it's a an issue that's ranged through, I think, the 40s in Palestine. As I say, millions of people are in kind of war and a lot, I think two million people in Gaza and an open air prison. So it's not really something I'm qualified to talk about. But um, if it means we get a fine of £25,000 or something like that by UEFA for showing solidarity, I think I can I think I think can live with that. As I said before, nobody's cost us more money than the people on that board with our stupid managerial appointments in the past and the, the countless Champions League qualifying campaigns they've blown and um, unfortunately we've no band name so from my point of view the, the people on the board have cost us much more than the Green Brigade will ever cost us and I think the support would do well to remember that so for me I hope the Green Brigade are there on Wednesday I hope they're away I hope they're in Madrid I hope they're at Hartwell Hearts it's obviously a bit more difficult because there's not a lot of tickets but I hope there's no ban I think that would be silly and I think it would lead to protests and which maybe wouldn't be a bad thing I mean I think we've said before this board really got off with one when due to the kind of the complete competence uh, Ange Postacoglu was kind of had their, their incompetence i.e. the Bernard Higgins scenario for a start um, and then bringing back Peter Lawwell which we've spoke about today that even if he isn't involved in certain things that has um, his presence is just negative and it, it makes kind of fans paranoid and thinks that anything is wrong he's played a part so I, I could go on and on for days for this but um, 
for me, I hope the Green Brigade are there for sure. I hope the boys are there. I hope it's a great atmosphere. I hope they show support for the Palestinian cause. And then I hope we, we kind of then press on and support the team to the the baby can do and Celtic Park can become a, a fortress again and we can actually beat somebody in the Champions League for a change. So that's my that's my hope for Wednesday. But uh, I guess we'll just need to wait and see. I mean, it would be very much like the Celtic board to shoot Celtic in the foot while Celtic are doing reasonably well domestically and, and have a really good manager in charge. So I've said my piece. And maybe I'll go back to Twitter in a couple of weeks as well. I think you're right. I think some of the sort of stuff that's come out the last few weeks has been a bit ridiculous, to be honest. I think the statement itself that Celtic had on their website that they didn't really post anywhere on social media, but thought they could sneak it on their website and nobody would see was completely ridiculous. I think anybody that knows the history of the club and just what Celtic stands for and what the support's all about, for them to come out with that statement, I've, I've no got it in front of me, so I'm not going to quote from it, but it was just ridiculous and it... <laughs> As I say, the way they went about it seemed quite sleek as well to sneak it on there. And I think it was just a couple of days after they'd been blaring Grace and Bella Chow over the tannoy, they would problem with bringing sort of politics into football then. As people called out their hypocrisy as well, we like last year when the Ukraine-Russia war was everything that was in the headlines, Celtic were quite happy and quite right to welcome some sort of displaced uh, Ukrainian refugees to Celtic Park for the Shakhtar Donetsk game. But uh, as like it's, it's just ridiculous the sort of outrage that it seems to have caused in some quarters. And I, as you say, Tony, maybe that maybe the fact that there are sort of notable voices uh, coming out now, and even like, some of the mainstream media outlets, like your likes of Channel Four, and I've been covering it a bit more fairly and showing the atrocities that are. Uh, happening across Palestine that, that have been happening for like as long as I can remember and I, I think people need to realise that, like, I know I've seen some comments, we had some dimensioners uh, saying uh, next week's only about three points but when are people like it? I know we're, we're massive Celtic fans, Celtic is our life, we, we, we love Celtic to death but for people to come out and say, oh, no, nah, three points is all that matters uh, next week and, and, and sort of distracting from that, they should be banned and they should not be let in the ground. It's, it's just no, I can only speak for myself, but it's not what I've sort of been brought up and embracing in Celtic sort of tradition, like, and what what I've learned. Like, if, if, everything, like, politics is everywhere. It's not just for, oh, you can talk about it when you're in the house or you can post it on Twitter, but oh, when you're in Celtic Park, don't you think about bringing a Palestine flag or showing any sort of solidarity eh, with them? I think, as you say, I've, I, I don't think it's going to have any impact on the result. Like, you'd think we'd been doing it every Champions League home game for the last 10 years if people are thinking that's the reason that we'll, we might not win next week. It's a record in Europe's been abysmal, and as you say, it's the people in the boardroom that are mainly responsible for that and as you say they've not been banned uh, as I say but everybody's entitled to their own opinion but I, I know that I'll be very much in favour of next week's sort of planned show solidarity and I'll judge other people too if they if it's what they believe in as well I think Celtic Park's the perfect place to uh, demonstrate it like you're in front of the world's TV cameras and like yeah yeah you're part of a massive crowd and as I say I, I think the majority of fans that I've spoke to personally are uh, sort of in favour of showing solidarity and as I say Celtic Park you pay your money if you want to if, if that's why you want to go and show your support for other causes and fair play like uh, we'll, we'll see what happens as I've said throughout this it's there's, there's no been anything official from the club at the time of recording but if people aren't able to get access to their ticket accounts to get 
tickets for upcoming games, then it does lead you to wonder what is going on. Uh, so hopefully there is a bit more clarity. And as you say, hopefully everybody is in attendance and watches Celtic at Celtic Park next week. But Andy, we're no, we're 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 not going to spend the full episode on it because, as Tony said, we're not qualified enough. We're, we're all well aware of what's happening. But if you and you want to add before we move on to the game next week. No, I very much agree with what you've both said. It wouldn't surprise me if the club go and make an arse and shoot themselves in the foot because ultimately we are run by utter arseholes. There's Tories riddled through the boardroom and they're acting exactly as you would expect um, in circumstances like this. If, uh, it just wouldn't surprise me when it came out about them suspending tickets and, and all the rest of it. If that's the route they were going to go down, they would rather people just paid their money, turned up and fucked off. It never said a word, we've seen it. I mean, this is a cause above all else. Like it goes by, if you think about the way they acted, even when we just wanted to be a manager, they were acting like this. And now look at it, like football is inherently linked to politics. You're never getting rid of them in no club more than Celtic. Anybody that's grown up a Celtic fan and knows the first thing about history knows that the two are linked. They're always going to be linked, and no matter how much resistance is pushed against that, fans are always going to see them linked. And Dan, you make the best point about like, you're in the Champions League, all the cameras are on, massive game. That's the perfect time for people to show solidarity. It's the perfect time to get as much reach as possible. And I just think some people are fucking wired to them. And like, they really are. You've, you've seen some of the comments with people and they're the sort of folk that the board want. Um, and they're kidding themselves. So I think it was Tony that said if, if they believe that fans staging protests or fans them walkouts or whatever it may be if they're blaming that on Celtic's performances in Europe because there's nobody else other than the manager at the time, the board at the time for their performances in Europe um, and the same goes for the people banging on about the atmosphere. The atmosphere at parkade has been shite for fucking years. They're kidding themselves on when people talk about European nights. Um, we've all been gone for long enough. I've seen it when it's at the best that would rival anywhere I've, I've been, in, been in there when it was a fortress and teams did didn't want to come and play because it was a hard place to get a result that's not the case anymore and that, that goes to the fans like, they're quick to blame whether it be Green Brigade they're quick to blame the boys for oh, that's the reason nobody wants to sing nobody wants to start a chant or not a shite but then they're right away the minute they're a band they're wanting but that's the excuse they're hurting the club they're doing everything else so they can't have it both ways but Ultimately, what it comes down to is some things in life are bigger than football, Dan. Um, as you say, it's, it's our lives. Like, we all go to the football, we go everywhere, and there's a big impact on us. But ultimately, there's a loss of life happening in the world. And it's, as Tony mentioned, it's an open air prison these people are living in. It's a disgrace what's happening. And we should all be on the right side of history here. And there should be solidarity across that entire stadium. And... The, the board shouldn't get away with if that's the route they want to go down there should be as maximum amount of pushback on that as possible and I think that's probably the message that the vast majority of fans that, that I've seen or spoke to or know and even that you see online seem to be taking that stance and I, and I think it's absolutely spot on we cannot let the board get away with that either and just try and silence us and as you say like they've got the cheek to try and distance politics and football but they're blasting out Bella Chow knowing fine well what Lazio were and what their fans are like it's it's hypocrisy at the, the, at the highest level but it's nothing less than what you expect through a board but i thought i can say is fuck them and 
I hope to see as many Palestine flags as possible. And a, a massive get up at the board, but also more and above that, solidarity shown to what's happening earlier at the minute. Yep, definitely. But we will see what happens and uh, I'm sure we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, Tony, how how big is the actual game next Wednesday? As, as the way the group stands at the moment, Atletico Madrid are on four points. So are Lazio and Feyenoord are on three. So we're already playing catch-up. How imperative is it that Celtic get don't even want to talk about have, getting a draw and getting one point on the board even looking to catch third place now it looks like we're going to have to get an, a good number of points from the next the double header against Atletico ah, <laughs> I was kind of I think I said in the Lazio game that um, I expected us to win but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we ended up losing which happened I don't expect us to beat Atletico Madrid I need to be totally honest I think I think Europe's kind of I think we've had it already um, I know that's a really pessimistic view but I just I don't see where the points are coming from. I don't think we're strong enough. I again I don't want to harp on, but we fucked up the transfer window. Did they strengthen enough in certain areas that needed it? So I, I'd look at I think we need to win if any chance, but I just I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think we're going to beat Atletico Madrid. I think it'll be too strong for us. Don't get me wrong. I think Rodgers is the right person for us in Europe, and I think if we if we actually do strengthen in January and then strengthen. In Next summer, I know it's, it's probably really depressing. I'm already chucking in Europe and thinking of next year, but I think I think we've kind of we've fucked it up with the window. I don't think we're strong enough, so I'm, I'm not going too much. At, I think we need to win. I think a draw is probably a nice result because it stops us kind of run our losses at home. I know, but it was the last game we drew one each with Shaq Tubbs. That last game at home, I guess we I guess we we, we could do a win just to get rid of that kind of voodoo, but. No, I think we'll get beat. <laughs> I just can't. I can't really kid myself on. I know that's really fucking awful, but we need our and I don't think we'll get it. I see where you're coming from. I think it's the, the way the group's set up. It does look pretty pessimistic for our chances. Obviously, Lazio and Feyenoord will go ahead with each other. And I think my worry is that they'll have a chance that they'll probably share the points and that one could win one and we'll, they could both win the home game against each other and then you're in a really poor position where unless you've took four or six points for Atletico you're, you're really up against it and probably long odds on to finish bottom of the group I think I hate to be talking like this already after only two games but I think the best sort of hope for Celtic would be that Lazio somehow uh, beat Feyenoord twice because if, if they do that then you're then, even if you do manage to pick up a point or two in the sort of next two games, then you've got the Lazio away game. Like, I, think, I think we may have match Lazio, and if it wasn't for Palmer's goal and disallowed, we, we would have been deserved winners that night. But the problem is that by the time that final game comes around on match day six, you, the group could be done. So I think my only sort of hope at the moment is that one of the two teams, probably Lazio, just because... Uh, they're on four points in finals on three, but hopefully one of them wins both games so that you have a fighting chance of catching either Lazio by beating them in Rome or Feyenoord by just... Uh, we might look back in a few weeks and be thankful that we only lost 2-0 that night in Rotterdam because it could come down to like head-to-head. Like if we've got that something to play for in the last game, then Celtic Park will be up for it. I know we've just sort of had a go at the atmosphere, but I think if it was a sort of win a bus game I think the crowd would be up for it but Andy what's your thoughts are you as pessimistic as Tony I know Feyenoord were the pot one team but the Atletico were the sort of big name that everybody sort of looked at when we were drawn against them I, I think that we all realistically know obviously just the way the pots can work sometimes if teams have a 
poor or finish the season, whatever it may be, we all knew realistically that Athletic Madrid are the best team in that group. I think you're seeing that be their performances so far this season. Um, they've had wee blips here and there, but I mean they've beat Real Madrid, they've already beat Feyenoord, beat Sociedad, who are also flying to beat them recently as well. Look, they're playing really, really well. Um, and the, you know what you're going to get with an Athletic Madrid team to be managed with Simeone for long enough. And fucking nightmare to break down at times, but they've got some right good football players. World Cup winners like De Paul and Molina, and then you've got Griezmann. Obviously, you would think most people know how good he is, but I try to stay positive, like you say. I mean, if if you be some fucking divine miracle came out that game with three points, if they just didn't turn up and the sort of stars aligned for us with a performance, you came out with three points, you're then looking, right, what's the Lazio score? And you need to hope that, that Lazio went and beat um, Feyenoord because then we'd be levelling points and then again you would be hoping that they can go and beat them in the reverse tie and then either way any point gained when we go to Madrid would be a, another bonus to that but aye we need to if we want to really realistically do anything we need to go and win the game and we need to hope that Lazio will beat Feyenoord anything else I think is a bit of a disaster but we've put ourselves in that position as I said Tony I'm not going to go and sort of harp on about how poor the window was but I still believe I was saying to use after the game Against Lazio, if, I think if we went out and properly strengthened the positions that, that required um, and we had a stronger bench, we would have beat Lazio. Um, I think the game was there for the taking, but we just didn't have the squad to capitalise on that. It's one of the ones heading hard to say two different things. I think Atletico are a very, very good team. And if, if they turn up and sort of put the style on, then it's, it's going to be damage limitation. You've just got to hope that some of the players can have the performance of their lives. Like they've got it in them we hurt teams. Well, there's players in there who can who can hurt any side. Guys like Hattati, guys like O'Reilly, McGregor, Kyogo. If they're on their game, they can hurt you, regardless of who it is. And, and they can make things happen. But you just need to hope that the wee decisions go your way, the 50-50s, things like that. need to sort of align and fall in your favour. Um, and then you've got to obviously the players need to have the attitude look first to every second ball and, and really just sort of putting everything on the line but I don't get me wrong I'm looking forward to it it's another game in the Champions League but there's still plenty there to play for it's not completely over although we've, we've had the, the worst that you could imagine in, in losing twice and the fashion we lost as well obviously doesn't help but I am I'm, I'm looking at the game and, and hoping for the best Darn, but I'm, I think I'm probably a bit aware of, of what could happen here um, Flitico have got, have got threats out of the park and, and again they're a physical side and, and we're not and that also worries me slightly but I'm hopeful that, that, that the stars can align and we can finally get that win because I think that will be a massive amount not just for this season but for seasons going forward because it's been fucking long enough now um, but we've not had a home victory in the Champions League and it's just you just want that gone Definitely um, like, like you say but I I'm sort of no to doing on it. I think that I know Atletico handed out an absolute doing earlier in the season in La Liga to a team away from home, but I think it's probably going to be another tight game. Uh, but the problem is that Atletico are one of the sort of streetwise teams in Europe who will punish you when you make mistakes, and that's sort of what happened to us against Lazio. Like I thought the goal we conceded in the first half was uh, really poor defended uh, from the set piece, and then. I, I still at times can't believe that we conceded the second goal just because Lazio seemed to have backed up and we're halfway back to Rome, happy with a point, and then obviously Vickers makes a bit of an error and uh, then we're caught out and they score an injury time when it didn't look possible that they were going to win that game. 
Uh, but I think that Atletico are probably just an R team like that where they're they're just going to punish you if you make mistakes, and that's a worry that like we need everybody to be on it. And look, you know what, Vickers will be there with a couple more weeks in them, and Atati's hitting better form. If O'Reilly performs again, you've now got Kyogo who's scored in the Champions League, which some people still questioning. But that that goal we scored against Lazio, it was one of the best goals I've ever seen us score in Europe. The the link up play to uh, get Kyogo in and the finish was brilliant. I thought that it was it was. It was really good, and I think that night should have been the night that we did sort of get rid of that awful record of no winning at home. And as I said, if it's no for my flick, then uh, Palmer's goal probably still uh, you probably still get the same outcome, and Palmer's goal just counts, and we would have seen it out, I'm sure. But no, I don't know. Athletic, as I say, I think they might be too streetwise for us, and if we did uh, make any mistakes or with too many passengers, then there's every chance we're going to get punished and. Look, they'll be looking to take six points out of this next doubleheader and sort of seal their passage to the last 16. But who knows, we'll hopefully be back next week discussing a famous Celtic win against Atletico. But uh, we've gone over 45 minutes, so we'll just wrap it up there. We'll try and be back after the Atletico game. Uh, Tony, I'll come to you. I'll take your two predictions for the Hearts game and the Atletico Madrid game. Uh, I'm going to go for the same scoreline for both games. Uh, and... Two away wins, so 2 0 Celtic v Hearts and 2 0 Atletico Madrid versus Celtic at Celtic Park. I just have been optimistic as much as I can, and um, I'm just going to be realistic. So that's it, that's my prediction. Um, but the most important thing to know is we, is we beat Hearts and we at least stay seven clear and, and try and win the league, which is um, obviously pivotal. Yep, I well, uh, when you say you're going to predict two the same result there, I thought you were going to take the parts to beat us as well, so I'm glad you've just went for two away wins somehow. But uh, Andy, what's your prediction, sort of two? Uh, I reckon go for a 3 0 win um, against Hearts, and I, I don't want to be ne- too negative, um, but I'll, I'll say a, a 2 1 victory for Celtic against Atletico. Um, that's gone with my heart and just crossing. On my fingers and toes and home for the best. I have definitely take that. I think it'll be um pretty similar on the score line to you at Tinker, so I think it'll be three one to Celtic. I think that as I say, it doesn't really worry me. I think as long as we get the first goal, I know as mentioned, we've not got a massive support there just because of the cut allocation, but I think I don't think that'll stop us from uh, having too much for them. I think Rogers will just run rings around Naismith. Uh so I'll yeah, go for three one that day. And I'll go for a draw at home against Atletico. I think it'll be one each. I think that we're no far away and Lazio got a draw against them and Bayern took the lead against them twice. So they're obviously no... You're not coming up against a team like a Man City or a a Bayern Munich or whatever that you just think is pretty much next to any chance. I think we do have a fighting chance, but it probably is just, as you mentioned, uh, being very much focused on us having 11 players that turn up and Gear an 8 or 9 out of 10 and uh, no making any mistakes that's probably our best hope but aye we, as I say we'll be back next week after the Atletico game hopefully discussing a massive win if you've enjoyed it leave a like or share and subscribe follow us on all social media just search for Pod Tims or Four Tims a podcast you'll find us wherever you use your social media but thank you very much for taking time to listen and we will speak to you next week Hello.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.